And I just want to say, I, uh, I had originally planned to do this with like the little, the little headset that, that Pastor Ben uses. We were trying to get that working this morning. I don't know how he does that thing. I don't know how he works around it. it is, it's like not stable at all. I could not get it to work. It was so uncomfortable. So you're going to have to work with me. I got one hand, okay? So I'm preaching with one hand behind my back, right? So that's okay. That's okay. We're going to make this work. Man, I am just so excited that I have this opportunity uh, and I'm excited. I've, I've got to meet most, well, I don't know if I should say most. I've got to meet a lot of you guys. I've got to meet a lot of you guys. But also many of you I haven't gotten to meet yet. And man, I, this is just like, I just want to say from, from here right now, like, if you want to get, if you want to like talk to me, get to know me, I'd love to. I'd love to get to know you. I'd love to get to connect with you and like get to hear your heart and we can just talk like just casual. It's going to be great. Love to do that. So today we're going to be, we're going to be, uh, in the book of Acts, okay? So I was asking the Lord what to preach on, and um, it was like, I was like, Lord, what do I preach on? And he's like, you already know. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Like, what do you mean I already know? See, the Lord had put in a message in my heart about like two months ago, roughly. I don't know, somewhere around there. And I had just really felt like, okay, this is, this is a message. I feel like it's not for the youth. That's weird. I'm the youth pastor. And then the next day, I think, Pastor Ben's like, hey, do you want to preach for August 21st? And I was like, oh, I think I know what the message is for. <laughs> I think I know what the message is for. So anyways, um, we'll be in Acts chapter 2. Today's, the title of today's sermon is How to Start a Revival 101. Oh, look at that. It's nice, nice up there in the back. That's all pretty. Okay. So I got a question for you guys today. I got a question. This is kind of a rhetorical question, FYI. Aren't there plenty of problems in the world today? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There are so many problems. I, I could list things, and I would not fit the list, right? Like, I could go on for way too long. So I'm not really going to do that, okay? I'm just going to mention just a few things that came to my mind that I feel like have been so strong, you know? See, there's things like, and we talked about when we were praying for the schools, but unfortunately, there's, there's things like school shootings. Like, that's, that's horrendous. I can't believe that even happens. There's things like, like drug problems, right? This is just rampant in our country. It's just rampant. Left and right, you're always hearing about it. There's depression, anxiety. Every, I mean, so many people struggle with that. And this is, that's not a shame, but, like, that, that's just saying, like, yeah, things, things are not great right now. And oftentimes, those feelings, it's not always, but oftentimes, we, those feelings lead to suicide, and, and we have a suicide epidemic. I don't know if you all know, but since 2020, we've just had so many of those suicides and things. It's so sad. This stuff breaks my heart. It really does. And, you know, I think to myself, like, what's, what's the problem? Like, what is the thing, right? But ultimately, the answer is that people are walking around, they're confused because they don't know God. They don't know Jesus. They don't know our Savior. And it's like, no wonder we have all these problems. I, I, I don't want to pretend everything is like, oh, this is just direct. No, but guys, look, let's be real. Like, if we go to the heart root of everything, our country needs Jesus. We need revival. See, guys, I want to share. You've heard me say this to you if I've talked with you personally, many of you. But I have a passion to see Aberdeen and Brown County revived. I really, really believe that. I really believe that our city, our county, can see revival for Jesus. I hope by the end of today's message, I hope that you feel the same way that I do. That's my goal. Ultimately, I think there's just one really simple statement that we could just say. We need revival. Period. Period. 
we need revival. It, we need it so bad. And I love that Pastor Joni put together the song of Lord Send Revival. Man, Lord, send it. Send it now. Send it now. So I just want to jump straight into the word and work with me again. I was planning to have two hands available today. But work with me. And we're going to be in Acts chapter 2. And we're going to be starting, uh, let's see, yeah, verse 32. And we're, this is a, kind of just like a little bit of context of where we're at, right? So this is right after the baptism of the Holy Spirit that was given at Pentecost, okay? So a few weeks, or months, sorry, a few months ago, I know Pastor Ben and was talking about the Holy Spirit and talking about the things of that. And I know we've already kind of discussed, like, what the Holy Spirit is, who he is, like, you know, what this looks like, baptism of the Holy Spirit. We've already kind of talked about that. So we're going to be in this same passage, and we're going to be looking at something really cool that happened, okay? So basically, all the disciples, they're in the, this big room. You know, we call it the upper room, right? And they're praying for God to send the gift that he promised, which we know is the Holy Spirit. They're like, Lord, send it. Send, send the gift like that you told us about. Uh, we know that they were there for probably around 10 days, scholars figure. So think about this. You have like a big giant group of dudes all in this upper room praying, praying, earnestly seeking, saying, God, I want what you have for me. So let's focus on Peter. Okay, Peter's kind of like the highlight of this passage, okay? So Peter, he ends up like getting up in boldness, like he gets filled with the Holy Spirit, as everyone does. He gets up in boldness, and what he does is he proclaims a big speech about, like, the gospel to all the Jews in the area, okay? So he gets up, and he's like, here's the gospel, okay? <laughs> he doesn't say it like that, but, and, uh, and it's, it's a really powerful thing, and, and it, the speech is very long. We won't be, we, we're not going to read all of it, but it's really good. I would encourage you to. So what we're going to do is we're kind of like, we're going to jump in the middle, right? So we're going to jump in, like, this spot where basically... It's kind of like, you know, you know those action movies where, you know, we jump in, like, in the middle of, like, all the, of the battle, right? Like, all the battles happening, and we're like, man, what was happening? Like, we don't know. Wait, this is so confusing. Well, we're going to start right there, and we're going to fill in the pieces after, okay? All right, so read with me. We're in verse 32, Acts chapter 2, verse 32. This is Peter speaking. He says, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all of Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. I like that expression. They were cut to the heart. And said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted this message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So I don't know about you, but when I think of revival, this is kind of like the picture I think of, right? I'm thinking like, Okay, yeah, so, you know, prayer, big speech, 3,000 are added. Wow, that is so cool. That is awesome. That's kind of what I think of when I think about revival. And we've been praying for revival. We just sang about it, too. But too often, we don't really look at what happened before the big revival. Right? Let's take a look. At what happened before, and we and, and I talked about it, and, and we know it, but we kind of skip over it. So let's let's focus on it for a second. So this is uh, Acts chapter two, verse one. We know this probably very well. 
It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Okay, so you're saying like, okay, Pastor Sterling, that's cool, but like, what does that say? Well, what that says is all the disciples were together, right? And they were earnestly seeking after God. They were in the upper room. This has been 10 days. Again, this is kind of like stuff that you have to like read between the lines to realize, oh, wait, that, that's exactly what's going on. It doesn't directly say that, but yeah, they were there for at least 10 days. They were seeking after God so intently. They wanted to experience more of Jesus, and they wanted the gift that he promised them. Their hearts and their minds were in the right place, seeking after God. So what does this teach us about revival? It teaches us the first thing I want to share today. That revival starts in our heart. Revival starts in our heart. We have to ask ourselves, do we really want revival? Or do we just say we want revival? Like, ask yourself that, really. Yeah, I know it's a tough question. I know. But if we don't have tough questions, are we going to grow? Do we really want revival? Also, ask yourself, are our hearts earnestly seeking after God in the same way that the disciples were? Now, let me say something. I'm not saying like, oh, man, did you just spend the last 10 days in an upper room praying like, you know, all the, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But where was their heart? Their heart just wanted more of Jesus. That's it. Guys, that's actually not a hard thing. See, God doesn't actually make it hard to want more of him. We just have to be willing. Revival starts in our heart. If we want revival, our hearts have to be like, man, God, I, I, I want more of you. I want all you have to offer. This is the first step. This is the first key. So here's the thing. I uh, share with the youth students a lot, and honestly, uh, all my close friends and everybody, something you've probably heard me say uh, is that I am a big believer in focusing on the heart, right? So I love that I was reading and I saw this. I was like, oh, cool. So their hearts were in the right place. This is so cool because that's something I've always talked about. See, if your heart's in the right place, everything you do is going to be good. There's actually a scripture about that. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When our hearts are in the right place, everything else we do is going to line up exactly how God wants it. So, like, what does that look like practically, right? That's the question, right? Okay, so, like, what is, how do, how do I, my heart in the right place, how does that work, right? Well, see, revival has to start in the prayer closet. Hopefully you take my meaning in that. I don't mean you have to have a physical prayer closet, guys. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you have to have in your heart, you're like, man, I, God, I want more of you. See, we call it the prayer closet because we go away to go pray, right? Jesus often went away and was, went to a, a place by himself when he was going to pray. See, you can, you know, Pray, like, you know, in front of people, that's good. That's not a bad thing. I'm not, I'm not coming at that in the slightest. But do we take the time in our own day? Do we take time out of our day to be like, Lord, I just, I just want more of you. I just want more of you, Jesus. That's the question. We have such busy schedules. I get it. I get it. Man, this world is so busy. The enemy has so many distractions and all sorts of things to get us, our minds, away from this. But if we truly want revival, it's got to start here. And the way it starts here, and the way that looks is, you know, we're going to have to give some time and space to God. It's hard. But it's simple. But it's hard. Our heart has to care enough about wanting more of Jesus that we will take the time out of our own day. 
I love I love the lyrics. Again, it's like I, I love music. You guys probably figured that out when I come here and I play and all that. It's like, but it's like it's your heart we're searching for. We want you and nothing more. Man, I just love that. Because when we take time out of our day, we're realizing like, oh man, we really actually care about something. So now let's look at the next thing that happened before the 3,000 got saved, right? Let's look at one more thing. So we're going to read Acts chapter 2, verse 14. So basically what I did is I just uh, skipped over the part where talking about them getting filled with the Holy Spirit. It's awesome. It's awesome. But we miss verse 14. It says, Then Peter stood up with the eleven. He raised his voice and addressed the crowd. So here's the thing. The next thing that this passage teaches us about revival is that revival starts with our surrender. See, Peter just got filled with the Holy Spirit, and he's earnestly praying for more of Jesus, more of God, right? He's earnestly praying for these things. And what does he do next? Well, he actually surrenders fully to the Holy Spirit. And he gets up. So he literally, like, physically, you know, he says he stood up. So I don't know if he was, like, sitting. I don't know what he was doing. But the Bible says he stood up. He raised his voice. And he addressed the crowd. Because remember, there's a huge, big crowd of uh, all sorts of Jewish people who came in for for the feast. Okay? There's a big crowd. And he gets up and he starts preaching to them. Here's the thing. Can we remember that this is the guy who just like maybe a month ago, roughly, he was just denying Jesus? Like, wait, can we remember that for a second? This is the same guy. This is Peter, right? Maybe like a month ago, maybe two months ago, he saw people on the street, right? And they're like, hey, aren't you with Jesus? And he's like, what? I don't know that guy. What? It's crazy. See, he doesn't... This is the same guy. Two months later, what happens? The Holy Spirit comes. And he submits to the Holy Spirit. He surrenders to the Holy Spirit. And then he addresses a crowd. The guy who was afraid to say that he knew Jesus to one person addressed the whole crowd. So, Here's the thing. He put his faith that he had in God, he put that into action. James says that faith without action is dead. We don't like that scripture. It's not a fun scripture. But if we don't have action behind what we're believing here, it's dead. I'm just telling you what scripture says. So not only do we have to have revival start in our heart, well, we have to have action. We have to be surrendered to the Holy Spirit, willing to do whatever he wants to do. That's scary. Like, I'm not going to tell you, oh, yeah, guys, this is, like, super easy. No, this is actually really scary. This is really hard. This is really difficult to be willing to surrender to the Holy Spirit. But Peter did it when he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. But guys, we can miss and we can see it and like, oh, he was empowered by the Holy Spirit, so that's why he did it. Yeah, but he first surrendered to the Holy Spirit, right? Like, don't miss that. He surrendered first, and then that's when it happened. I got some questions for y'all. Are we willing, like really, are we willing to surrender to the Holy Spirit just like Peter did? I know that's a tough question. I wish I could preach something really easy and nice and like, oh man, yeah, blessings to you, okay? I wish I could say that. But this is, this is the hard thing. Are we willing to sacrifice our reputation for Jesus? See, think about it. So Peter, you know, 
he had already like, you know, denied Jesus, right? And so he's like, man, you know, I don't want to be weird. I don't want to come off strange or just start, like, start yelling at a crowd randomly about this Jesus guy. Also, can we remember that Jesus was like crucified? So like everyone watched him die like 40 days prior. So when Peter is proclaiming this message, he's actually saying, oh, by the way, this guy that was dead, he's actually alive. Now, maybe some of them in, in the crowds like saw Jesus, but you know, it was about 400 who saw Jesus. And that was a crowd of at least 3,000, right? Because 3,000 get saved. So most of, the, like, really think about it. Peter is preaching to a ton of people, and he's like, by the way, the guy that you saw die, he's, he's alive. He looks pretty crazy. His reputation is on the line here. But he believed it. He looked a little crazy. Like, I don't, we don't really read that. We don't really see, like, we're like, oh, yeah, he addressed the crowd. That's so cool. No, he looked kind of crazy. <laughs> he looked kind of weird. Are we willing to possibly look a little crazy? Now, please don't misunderstand. I'm not saying, oh, you should be crazy. I'm not saying that. Okay, don't, don't search after crazy. That, no, that's the wrong mindset, Okay. It's the wrong mindset. But are you willing to look crazy? Peter had to be willing to do that. Otherwise, we wouldn't have even seen this revival. You know, the Holy Spirit is going to talk to you all, okay? He speaks to you. He's going to tell you things that he wants you to do. Sometimes it's going to like, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, we can do that, Lord. And then other times, he's going to say something, and you're going to be like, yeah, that's weird, Lord. I don't know. I, I'm not so sure. Uh, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We have to surrender. We may look kind of crazy, but that's the whole point. That's the whole goal. So we can do something for Jesus. So let me share a little story. Um, so this is like, I don't know. I, maybe like a month ago. I, I, I can't really remember exactly. Uh, but so I was driving uh, to work. Oh, yeah, right over there. I was driving, okay, <laughs> right? I was just driving to the church. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know if you all know, but I live in the apartments that are just like right down the street, Dakota Estates. So it's not a long drive for me, okay? It takes like three minutes or something. I don't even know. So I'm getting in the car, and I'm like, yeah, I got to get to work. I got to do these things. Got to make sure this is all set for the youth, right? We got to get this going, right? And I see um, these, these little girls on the side of the road who have this little lemonade stand. And here's the thing. It's, they're on, like, the opposite side of the road. Like, it would be very much out of my way to do that. And again, my thought is like, oh, well, I'm just going to work. You know, it's like three minutes, just, you know, get there. And I see the little girls, and, and I'm just like, uh, uh, I don't know. And I drive off. I drove off. And then the Holy Spirit was like, hey, you need to go back there. And I'm like, yep, you're right. And I turn around, and, and I go right back. And they, their little positioning really wasn't even the best. Like, it was, I couldn't just stop on the side. I had to, like, pull into this thing. What I'm getting at is it was uncomfortable. It wasn't easy. I had to, do, I had to turn around, literally. But I go. I get there. I walk up to them. I'm like, hey. And they're like, hey, mister. And I'm like, hey. And then they're like, yeah, so we got, we got some lemonade. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And I look at their little sign, and um, I see that lemonade is like $1, okay? And I'm like, oh, that's like really cheap, especially in inflation right now. <laughs> and I was like, man, that's crazy. And so I, I look at my wallet. I don't really carry cash, like, ever. But for some reason, I happen to have cash, okay? And I look at my wallet, and I'm about to tell you all about my wallet had, so be careful. <laughs> but I look at my wallet, and I see I had a $1 bill, and then I had three 20s. And this should be a no-brainer of like, oh, well, lemonade's $1, give him the dollar bill. But I just knew, I'm like, no, no, I'm not supposed to do that. I need to give them the $20 bill. I just knew that. I was like, I don't know how I knew that. I just knew. By the way, prior to that, like, like the night before, 
I was looking at my finances and I realized, ooh, I overcharged that. Ooh, that's going to hurt. And I was like, I still have to do this anyway. Didn't think twice about it. Took the $20 bill out, handed it to them, and they're like, and they're like, oh my gosh, thank you. And I was like, hey, you're welcome. I'm happy to bless you. And I said, I was like, I don't know, do you all know what a, what a pastor is? And they were like, I think so. And they, they weren't really sure. Anyways, I shared a little bit. I told them I was the youth pastor and that God loves them and that I just wanted to bless them today. And that meant everything to them. Their, their eyes lit up. And they said, you know, you're our first customer today. And we've been out here a long time. I don't know how long a long time is to little kids, but hey, <laughs> like to them, to them it felt like it was something, right? And I just knew like in that moment, because again, if they're charging $1 for lemonade, right? I just, was, I just acted as 20 customers in a, in a second. And I was like, okay. And I drive away. And I, you know, I felt good. It's like, oh, that was such a good thing, you know? But it wasn't easy on my wallet, okay? I, 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 I'm just saying, like, I, please don't think I'm broke. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying, like, it wasn't, it wasn't the easiest thing to just, like, hand more, right? And what I'm getting at is we have to be willing, right? We have to be willing to surrender. We have to be willing. If the Holy Spirit says something like that, for me, that was a kind of a, a simple thing that I just shared. He might ask you to do something way crazier, okay? He might ask you to do something really crazy, and you're like, uh, no, I'm good, okay? But here's the thing. We have to be willing. If you really want revival, you have to be surrendered to the Holy Spirit, ready to do whatever he asks you to do. See, not only do we want revival to start, we want revival to continue. So we're going to look at one more thing in this passage here. This is the last thing. Uh, we're going to start in, yeah, we're going to read verses uh, 42 through 47. So get back to your Bibles, and I'll have it on the screen. It says, so, so I should clarify, this is right after the 3,000 got saved, okay? So now it's talking about those who just got saved and all the apostles. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's not miss that last verse. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So you just had a big, like, boom, here's 3,000, right? And then now he keeps adding. He keeps adding. Why? Why did he keep adding? Let's look at the first verse. Well, I say first, of what we just read. 42. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, all those things. They devoted themselves. I think a good synonym for devoted in this context is the word committed. Like, I feel like we know better, like, I mean, not that we don't know what devoted means, but I feel like committed is like a really strong word, and that's what it's trying to say here. So that brings me to the third point, that it brings you to the last thing. Revival continues, right? We talked about how revival starts, but revival continues by staying committed. We read, this thing, and they're like, we're like, oh, yeah, so they did this, and they did this, and, and these are super good things, and honestly, it's actually a model of how you can live your life as a Christian, like, this is good stuff, but what I'm trying to get at is that they were committed. It's like, what, the third word or something? That's the second word. 
They were devoted. They were committed. That's how we keep revival continuing. It can't just be a one-time thing. It can't just be like, Lord, send revival. Okay, yeah, all right, that was cool. Next, next thing. You can't check this off a list, guys. That doesn't work. That's not how revival works. It starts at the heart, right? It starts with surrender, right? But this is a lifestyle. So it continues by staying committed. So after Peter chose to surrender, right? And revival breaks out, right? Luke is telling us how the revival kept going. He's teaching how this kept happening. The key message here is they were committed to God and they were committed to each other. Right? We can, we can summarize. Like it says, uh, to fellowship, breaking of bread, right? Teaching, all those things. Well, really, what are, we, what are they really saying? They're committed to each other. Can I say one little thing? This is not in the notes at all. I think too much, we have this idea that we need to do, like, Christianity by ourselves. Uh, that's not true. We don't need to do Christianity by ourselves, guys. They didn't. They didn't. They did together. They were committed not just to God, but to each other. Lift each other up, guys. Lift each other up. That was free. Okay. God added to their number every day. This is how revival continued, because they were committed. See, guys, I don't want to see a revival that just stops and falls flat. That's not what I want to see. I want to see a revival where God adds to their number every day. Now, let me say, let me say something. We can get into this. There's a whole talk about this I, I won't get into today. But basically, the language that's used here is added. And later on, it uses multiplied. That's another conversation, okay? But what I'm trying to get at is, look, it may not be like, oh, man, all of a sudden, we're just roping in the thousands and the thousands and the thousands. That may not be what happens. That's Okay. So they get, you get the 3,000, and then it says they added daily. So in other words, sometimes it's just, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't say numbers, but what if it was like 10 people? That's fine. We don't need to look at numbers like that. N numbers is not the point, guys. The point is people kept getting saved because the commitment was there. Don't look at the numbers. So... What does being committed really look like? I feel like many of us in the room already kind of know what commitment looks like. So this is where I get to have a little fun, right? I get to be the youth pastor, right? And, um, you know, I get to talk about, like, the favorite thing that students love talking about, relationships. Everybody, yep, they love talking about relationships. Even this morning, I was like, no, we're not talking about relationships this time. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. There's a good picture that we can learn, though, from a relationship. That, that friendship, significant other, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You can learn something really important from any relationship about commitment. See, when a friendship or a relationship is committed, it's strong. I don't have to explain that for you guys. I feel we've all had experience in that in some way, shape, or form. But it's the commitment that keeps it going. And when someone is committed, they're ready to invest their time, their energy, their life, everything that they really truly care about deep down, they're ready to give it to you. Because they're committed to you. Because they care. That's, in a very similar way, that's how the disciples were. They were ready to give their time and energy it said that they met in the temple courts daily. By the way, temple courts, it's a Jewish thing, and now they're, they may be Jewish by blood, but now they're Christians, right? So they met 
there, and later on, that actually becomes a place of, like, persecution, right? They don't want them to be Christians anymore, right? But they didn't care. Because the heart is just, Lord, I just want more of you. Lord, I just want more of you. The new believers were devoted and committed to God. If we want to see a revival, we need to be committed just like them. Y'all, like, I can't make you be committed. Okay, like I said, this, is, this, was, a, this was a thing God and I were, I was like, God, this is a hard message. Okay? I can't make you do anything. That's not my intention in the slightest. Please don't think that. The thing is, commitment comes from your own heart. It comes from your own wants. We need to put in that effort to seek after God. We need to put in that effort. So, like, what's this going to look like practically, right? Like, what could this look like? This is not an exhaustive list. This is just some things I was thinking of. I kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but taking the time out of our day to go pray and seek God. Now, I shared with my youth students this morning, um, you know, you should, like, when you talk to God, you should be talking to him like he's, he's a friend, okay? Don't, don't talk to him like he's so distant, doesn't love you. Like, no, he loves you. He's your friend, right? Here's the other thing. When you're committed, when you're focused in all of those things, sometimes it's going to making time to go seek after God specifically about revival or to seek after him just for more of him. Sometimes it's going to take that time. Sometimes you got to do that. It means getting away from the busy schedule. Oh, and let me tell you, let me tell you, at Sagu, that's my college, right? At Sagu, I loved loading my schedule up. I loved being busy. I loved being with people. Uh, <laughs> my roommate would know that I wasn't even in the dorm very often because I'm out and about socializing with people. I love it. I love doing that. But I realized, man, I got to take time. This is wearing me out. Even though I'm an extrovert, this is wearing me out. Take the time with Jesus to really, truly surrender to God, to really have your heart there. This, should become, this, this will be more of a natural response. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. So at this time, if I could have the worship team come up. And uh, man, there's just, there's a few questions I'm going to ask you guys in a second here. But before that, I want to just talk about Jesus for a second. Well, obviously we're, we're doing that. This is church. But I want to I talk about salvation. I want to talk about when we give our lives to Jesus. So many, many of us in this room, we're believers and we believe in Jesus, and we're praying for revival. We, we've already wanted this. Or maybe we're like, yeah, this is awesome. We're already, we're already set. We're already on track. That's awesome. But how can I preach about revival if I don't talk about the first part, getting saved? Right? So today, some of y'all, I, I, I really don't know everybody here. This, I'm not picking on anybody. Please don't think that. Um, but like, man, if you're like... You're sitting there and you're like, maybe you're new to church or like, you know, you kind of only heard a little bit about Jesus or something. I, I mean, I don't know. Um, but man, just like, if this is a moment where you're realizing, man, I don't know Jesus. And this revival thing, this sounds really cool. I want more of that. I want more of Jesus. I want to I have this that y'all seem to have. I want to, I want to have that. It's not hard, guys. Jesus doesn't make it hard for you. So at this time, just for a second, and there's some more we'll have here, okay? But just, just for now, could everyone bow their head and close their eyes just for a second? Just for a second. Thank you. Thank you. If there's anybody here, and I'm, I'm checking balconies too, and if there's anybody here who you don't know Jesus, but you'd like to, you don't know what this revival stuff. You don't. You, you see the problems in the world, but you want 
you, you want this thing that we call a savior. You want, you want a savior who is a person who loves you. If you want that, I want to give an opportunity for you in this moment. So if anybody wants to give their life to Jesus, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand if you, if you want to give your life to Jesus today. Okay. Okay. All right, awesome, awesome. Okay, so at this time, you guys can open your eyes now, it's okay. I'm just going to ask you guys a few questions. I'm going to ask you guys a few questions. First one, where is your heart? Does your heart truly want more and more of Jesus? This is not me picking on you. Don't, don't think that. I'm just trying to help you see something. That's the first question. Second question, are you willing to surrender to the Holy Spirit fully? I feel like there's some people in this room, um, and let me say, like, this is, I, I, I'm not, I don't know specifics, but I feel like, man, we, we want these things, but we're just so scared. We're so scared of, like, what's God going to make me do? First of all, he's not going to make you do anything. Second, sometimes it's the scary thing that produces something really cool. Look at what Peter did. Are you willing to surrender, even if that means you're going to look a little crazy? Last question. Are you going to stay devoted to this? Are you going to stay committed to this? That's a question you have to ask yourself. Are you going to stay committed? These are really tough questions, I know. I know these are hard. But I ask you the hard questions because if we don't ask the hard questions, we're not going to move. We're not going to grow. It, it's painful to grow sometimes, okay? I know. But it's better this way. Guys, let me remind you. What did I say at the beginning of the sermon? I said, it's still true. I have a passion to see Aberdeen and Brown County on fire for God. I have that passion. Guys, does that mean we're going to get 3,000 saved in a day? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not God. Am I going to be obedient? Yes. I want God to add to the number daily. I want people's lives to be transformed. I want these things people struggle with, drugs, you know, alcohol, these issues. I want, them to, I want people to find Jesus and let go of these things. But I can't bring revival on my own. I can't do that. It doesn't work like that. We as a people of God have to want that. So, here we go. I want to ask you, if this, this message really stirred something in your heart and you're like, oh man, yeah, yeah, I, I need to make a commitment or something. That's, that's awesome. See, I'm going to ask you to do, I, I like to, I like to explain everything I do to, like, when it comes, especially to an altar call, okay? I'm, I'm just telling you right now, I'm about to do an altar call, but I'm not doing it yet. Don't come yet, okay? Here's the thing. Uh, actually, if everyone could stand at this time, I missed that part in my notes. <laughs> if everyone could stand at this time. Awesome, awesome. I'm about to do an altar call, but let me explain why. Let me explain what this is. This, first of all, is an opportunity, okay? Second, I'm asking you, like, do you truly want to be surrendered and committed? Is your heart in the right place? Those are, these are things for you to deal with on your own, okay? Like, 
But I also believe that sometimes if we make a physical action, right? Like, so if we physically move, often that can translate to what's going on in the heart. Not always. But I believe sometimes if we want to have something happen here, we need to do something here. We need to move. We need to, like, actually move our body. Okay? Some of y'all are like, well, yeah, I can have meet with Jesus in my chair. That is 100% correct. And if there's anything that's inhibiting you from walking, that, that's literally like, that's not what I'm talking about here. You are 100% right. But I think many of us need to have an expression right now. So, at this time, there's a few, this is, there's a few reasons to come down here, okay? One, your heart got stirred for revival and, and you, you really want to see this through. Two, you realize you need to surrender to God fully, committed, like. Or three, you know you need to stay committed. Let me say something real quick. Uh, I don't care if like literally the entire church comes to these altars. Because if you think about it, these calls are kind of uh, basic in the sense that this is things that a lot of people would need. That's the point. Guys, we're preaching revival, right? Can we have, I, like, I shouldn't say, what, I, what I'm trying to say is like, look, if we really want revival, yeah, it, it's, it's going to take something weird. Like I said, like, if we all come down, if we're all, the whole church is like right here, amen. If a few are here, amen. It doesn't matter. I'm giving you an opportunity. Okay. So are we ready? Do we know why we're coming? Okay. Don't let, me, don't let anyone make you feel awkward. I'm going to like do like a count to three because I, I think it's very clear and direct of why we're, when we're coming. Okay? That's the only reason I do that. Okay? So I'm going to count to three. Don't let this be awkward. This is just you and God. This is your heart and God's heart. Okay? You ready? One, two, three. That's your heart. That's your heart. That's what you want. Come down. Come down at this time. I'll give you some time. I'll give you some time. If you want, heart, if you want revival for our city, this is an opportunity.
If you feel like you have what you needed, awesome, awesome, that's great. Okay, this is just a space, this is just a time. If you're wondering what's the, what's the closing time, there is no closing time. Whenever you feel ready.